Welcome to Mental Health Film Comment. This is Brian here with you. The 2020 film, The Swerve, stars Azura Sky, uh, probably best known for 28 Days. She played Sandra Bullock's uh, roommate in that movie. In, in The Swerve, she plays a, a teacher and mother who has some experiences that drive her into the deep end, so to speak. A very heartbreaking movie, I, I would say. Disturbing, but also heartbreaking. Uh, joining us today is motivational speaker and transformational author, Erica Lynn from Erica Lynn Speaks. Um, Erica, thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Now, um, this podcast is what's what I like to call a commentary track for a, a very simple reason, to remind you that you're not alone. I know many people listening today will say, what do you mean I'm not alone? Of course I'm alone. I'm the only one here. What I mean by that is when, when you have no one to watch a movie with, when you have no one to go to the movies with, then what would otherwise be a social activity for people who, who do have someone to go to a movie with and watch a movie with then becomes a solitary or a social act or um, solo activity. And so this is a, in a commentary track format so that I can watch the movie with you. Um, Erica Lynn will be watching the movie with you. It might not be the whole movie, but we'll be with you for a um, li little while. Uh, and we'll be on the other side of the pause button if you would like to listen while you're watching the movie. Now, I did want to briefly mention a couple of resources right off the bat. There is a crisis text line available. In the US, you can text HOME, H-O-M-E to 741741. In the UK, you can text SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, to 85258. And I believe there are some other crisis text lines depending upon where you are in the world. Check your local listings, as they say. Um, so Erica Lynn, thank you for um, being here today. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. It's my pleasure. Um, now this movie, like I said, it, it's a, um, it is a, a very disturbing and very compelling and, and ultimately heartbreaking film. The, one thing I was wondering about is if you were to offer any any guidance or um, wisdom to the, this character in the movie who's going through you know a really really rough time, um, what what would what would you say to her? See, oftentimes in life, we all go through something, mm -hmm. and sometimes we don't have a person that we can share that with, right? Because right. When you share some of the, the deep things that's inside of you, you, you're afraid that people are going to say, oh, she's crazy or, oh, he's crazy. And, yeah. and so you, you hold it in, right? So you, you're having these experiences, but you, you're keeping them inside. And, and it's like, as I began to share them, it's like, how are people going to judge me? See, your, and, and the same to her, your, your healing is not about somebody else. It's about you. And sometimes you have to get it out the best way you can. You can't worry about if somebody considers you as crazy or labels you as being something else because you have to focus on you. You have to focus on your inner self. So I would say to her, find you someone that you can confide in and begin to share those things that you think people would 
would would deem weird about you or crazy about you because the more you hold something in then that that will turn into you having emotional outbursts and outbreaks so you have to find somebody that you can can get it out and share it with Definitely, definitely. And, and I mentioned that right off the bat first question, because there there's a, a scene early in, in the film where she asks a student of hers for a hug. And, and I nearly cried at that scene because I wanted to reach through the screen and give her a hug. That's how it, it just, you know, right, right, right in the heart. I mean, it just, you know, I, I almost get it. Um, so yeah, so just now that that's out of the way, <laughs> um, I, I wanted to ask you, um, this is being rec uh, recorded on, the, you know, the tail end of, of September being Suicide Prevention uh, Awareness Month and then World um, Mental Health Day and whatnot. And one of the things that, that, I, that I've mentioned on, on episodes and I've asked other guests about as well is it feels like one day and, and one month, that's really not enough like awareness days or month to get the conversation out there. You know what I mean? It's, it's something where, because you don't know what else is going on with other, with other people's, um, you know, attention span or, you know, any number, whatever word you'd want to use, but it feels like there's, there could be more days and more months and more you know what I mean it's yes you're absolutely correct um I agree with you and and I could talk about my own self because I I went through the same mental uh challenges that a lot of people have gone through um I'm 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 a public figure I'm out in the open people see me I chose I, I chose a career where I'm out in the open but yet I'm dealing with the emotional breakdowns in the inside and I don't know who I can tell or who I can trust or how to even open up and share these things. And so I, I do think I did things like I would hide. So in other words, I would come out today, full makeup, full face, looking polished from head to toe. And then I'll retreat for like five days, staying in the bed, don't wanna, don't wanna cook, don't wanna clean, just laying around, just, just pitying myself or sleeping down into a deeper depression. Then five days later, I take a shower, I get up, I come back outside and, and I'm looking like nothing has ever happened. So that is, a, that is a form of depression. That is a form of mental illness. That is a form of putting a mask on and not being open and sharing with others what is going on with you. And so the more that you keep things in bottled, bottled up inside of you, then it, it allows that depression to manifest and grow and fester. You know, a pastor once says that the devil wants you to be alone because he can work on you by himself. However, if you are, if you are, uh, uh, have a coach, a client or a friend or family or someone that's walking with you, it's harder for him to attack you because now you have a support system. You have other people that's willing to help you. So the days that you begin to sip, seep into your depression, the triggers that you have, things that causes you to have triggers, then this this, this support system that you have built around you, they're able to pull you up and out of the depression before you hit it so low to where, you're to, to where you're able to end it off. So they stop you before you get to that point. And so these are things that you need to learn 
when you're going through this process, how do I build my support system? How do I, how do I let them know? How do I open up to say, pick up the phone and say, hey, today is one of those days I'm not feeling myself. And that your support system says, so what are you experiencing? What are you going through? And then they begin to shift your mind, shift your thought process. And before you know it, 20 minutes later, you're laughing, joking, you're cracking jokes, and they were able to snap you out of something that would have seeped you down, that would have taken you days to come out of. De- definitely, and I, I'm I'm so glad to hear hear you say that because this is something where that that different perspective, that different insight, um, that that feedback, as it were, can make a huge difference. Because if someone has only one thought, one one story going on in 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 their, in their head. And they're not getting other perspective, other 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 uh, insight. Then that's, you know, not not as helpful as if you get that 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 cooperative effort, and mm-hmm. and that that. Um, so yeah, absolutely. The now, you had somewhat of a a, a breakdown point. Um, I'm presuming not as bad as what you know. Um, you know Hopefully not not as bad as what what's depicted in, in this film, and and I hesitate, you know, because I I, I would not, um, you know, um, wish that on, on anyone. Um, but you you did hit a rock bottom point, though, correct? Yes, I did. Um, for many years, I've embodied all of my past experiences from the abuse from the molestation, from my father leaving um, uh, and not being a part of the home, from me being labeled as a wild child, smoking, drinking, partying, becoming promiscuous, having a child at 17, being married for 10 years in an abusive marriage where it's highs and lows. Um, And so never healing from any of that, just going on with life, having new careers, more children, new relationships, just everyday life added on top of a broken foundation, a broken core, a cracked foundation. So one day after I graduated from college, because I went back to college at 35 years old. So after graduating from college, you would think that I had it all. My dream job, my kids are gone to college. They're out of the house. I'm living alone, yeah. that I should be living my best life. Well, that's not what happened. I found myself sitting in a rocking chair, rocking. Day one, I'm rocking. I'm watching the, the cable that I pay for and never get to watch because I'm always gone. I'm sitting in the chair that I bought for my dad in order for him to come over and visit because you know he had an illness. So I'm sitting in the chair and I'm rocking. Then day two, I'm rocking and the tears are flowing and I can't stop crying. I can't control it. I just felt like giving it all up. I just couldn't, couldn't function anymore. I would go to work. At that point, I would go to work with no makeup, no clothes. I just was existing. I was just dead to the world. And one day I just said, I, I can't do this. I was, it was two weeks before I was gonna get on a plane and go to Taiwan. I didn't even want to go. I couldn't even fake it anymore for my yeah. kids. I couldn't fake it anymore for anybody else. I've I've started this public life where everybody knows me and see me. Like I just couldn't do it anymore. And I was just at a point where I said, if I take these pills, then nobody would even know 
nobody will understand what I went through. And the funniest thing happened, and I wouldn't say funny, but the, the one thing that happened when I was at my point where I was just ready to let go, my phone rang. And a friend of mine say, what's up? And I said, hello, I'm in town for a little while. Can I come and visit you? Now, this is a friend that I haven't seen in over three years mm-hmm. or so. Yeah. yeah. I said, sure. So he came over and we talked. I'm, and I was so distant. Like we're having a conversation, but I was so dry and so distant. The la- When I would laugh, it was fake. You know how somebody laughing? <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Fake, and you're not really laughing. You're just like, okay. And you're trying to hold on to a conversation. Yeah, yeah. So this person was so insightful. They didn't say anything to me that moment. We just talked, they just carried on the conversation just long enough to kind of pull little things out of me. And then they left and they called me on the phone and they said, you know, I noticed something is not right about you. What's going on? And I'm like, nothing, nothing's going on. So for about four days of us on the phone, I'm crying for four days, still saying nothing. So they're throwing out scenarios. Oh, I had a friend that did this, or I had a friend that experienced this. I had a friend that lost their business. I had a friend just for four days, just just telling me stories after stories. And I'm sitting on the phone crying like nothing is wrong. So finally, I opened up and I shared my deepest, darkest secret. And you know what their response was to me? He said, did that kill you? I said, no. Yeah. He said, well, suck it up and get over it. And I, and I just <laughs> laughed. I laughed so hard. I laughed so hard because oh. in that moment is for me, I understood that even in my deepest secret that I wouldn't even tell anybody things that, that I kept to myself, that keeping it to myself, hmm. it caused more pain. Yeah. It, caught, it, it, it ate away that at me. Like your yeah. secrets, they eat you up. So just like your grandparents have passed away and, you know, our mothers and fathers, they don't even know who their dad is because yeah, our grandparents yeah. passed away. And, 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 and I come up in a time where my mother, her father is, is Caucasian, but my grandmother wouldn't tell him because she probably was a slave, you know, yeah, and yeah. probably was messing with somebody's <laughs> husband. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I don't yeah. even know, but I know yeah. that I'm not all black. Right. Yeah. So, but these are secrets that my grandmother passed away with and so my mother to this day don't really know who her father is other than you know doing the ancestry.com so these are the same things that I did I I I I, because this is what I was taught that you're supposed to keep your secrets to yourself yeah and so sometimes secrets weigh so heavy on you that they can cause you to just want to give it up throw throw in a towel and walk away on your life because you're afraid if your secret get out that it will ruin you and destroy you. And of course I found out that's not the truth. Yeah. However, yeah. but that's where I was at at my rock bottom point of just the secrets, the finances. My finances were so bad. I hadn't bought groceries in weeks. Like I was, I was, I was bad, Brian. It was yeah. pretty oh. bad. Oh. Yeah. Well, I I, I did want to just just mention for those who might have because you mentioned something that it, 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 it's a phrase that, and you've seen this, there, there's, there's every now and then you'll see uh, a depression writer or um, a, a, someone writing about bipolar who, who has these lists about things never to say to someone. 
and and one of them is like the the the, the suck it up thing which but it's it's i'm someone who is more partial to how something's said. And based upon what, what you're stating, it does not sound like the, the person who said that to you, it does not sound like they said it in a, you know, pull your up, pull yourself up by the bootstrap sort of way. It does not sound like they said it to you in that, in that manner. Uh, am, am I correct in that? They didn't. Yeah, they didn't, you're absolutely it, correct. What it did is it just made me laugh and we laughed and <laughs> I was laughing and crying and laughing and crying, uh, but but, but I learned that that is the way that person is. And yeah. when you begin, when you learn and understand the person that you're dealing with, then you yeah. understand, and they'll give you like a forewarning, anything might come out my yeah, mouth. Exactly. And so, and so for me, that worked for me. Now I might not ever tell a client, you know, suck it up. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But for me, that worked for me because I needed strength building. And Definitely. that was one of the techniques that worked for me. So what works for me may not work for someone else, you know, so I truly understand that. But, but along the way, I grew up, like, I hate to say it like this, I grew a lot of balls (laughs) along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and and I just, I just wanted to mention, you know, acknowledge that, because I know there might be some people listening to the podcast who might have heard that, and and they might have taken offense at that. And for those who might have, again, it, I, I did not get the impression from what you were stating that it, it was done in a malicious manner or in any way insensitive. Um, so I just wanted to um, acknowledge that for those who uh, might have listened. But um, yeah, you're, you're right, though. It is a decision where when when someone is um, talking with you, there's, there's no... Um, you know that if that person's for sharing freely, then, like you said, they gave you the the, the fair warning about, <laughs> you know. So yeah, it's. Um, what are the things that? What are some of the things that helped you? Um, you know, you know the the healing and 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 recovery. What are some some of the things that that helped you along along that path? Well, um, the father that had left at an early age, um, you know. We have talked periodically through, throughout the years, but one day my stepmom had called and said, uh, your dad had a heart attack, you know? Mm. And so I had to run to him at the hospital. And for the next three years, I began going and visiting him and in and out of the hospital with him, staying, spending Christmas with him and just getting a chance to love on him and have those conversations of, well, you know, dad, this is how you made me feel. And then him being able to explain, well, I left because of this. This is what was happening. You know what I mean? Being able, everybody don't get to have those closer conversations. But for me, I had an opportunity to, to just love on him. So that was one aspect that helped me. The second aspect that helped me is um, I had went to a church called the Winter's Circle Church, and I had never been to this church. Mm -hmm. Somebody said, well, you need to go there. And somebody always told me you need to go to a smaller church because, you know, we all go to those mega churches. Yeah. And in the mega church, it's like you're just a number, number one, number two. You know what I mean? You don't have any identity. And um, and so I went to the smaller church and I remember this guy came out. And he had on some jog, a Nike jogging suit and some Nike gym shoes. And I was like, what kind of church is this? <laughs> but when he opened up his mouth, Brian, yeah. the words that came out of his mouth just touched my soul. Cool. I just started crying and crying. Yeah. And then I began looking at myself because I had on like this sundress where my cleavage was kind of. So I began looking at myself, checking myself like, oh my God, like 
all the things that I've done that I've gotten away with for all these years. Now it's time for me to take accountability for my actions. And I remember going to the Bible study that Wednesday. And after the Bible study, he came up and introduced himself to me. He says, my name is Pastor Leon. And I told him who I was. And I said, can I share a secret with you? And he said, sure. I said, I've been crying every day for one year. He said, you have? I said, yes. I said, I go to work every day. That dream job that I have, I sit at my cubicle from eight in the morning till 11 in the morning. I turn my back to my coworkers. Nobody know that it's going on. And at 11 o'clock, it just goes away. And I go and I intermingle with my coworkers. And he says, well, do you know why? And I said, no. So he began praying with me. He gave me his cell phone number and he sent me some depression scriptures and some uplifting scriptures. And from that point on, he began teaching me and pouring into me. And that was the first time that I had love from a man that never wanted anything from me, that didn't look at me in a sexual capacity, didn't look at me any other way than other than the eyes of God. And so I began to, my, my eyes began to open, my thought process began to shift that there is men out here that don't want to abuse you, but they want the best for you. So those were two things. And now remember the friend that I was telling you about? Yeah, yeah. He came back. Oh. He came back. Oh, he came. And when he came back, he came back oh. in a way that was oh. that for six months I cried. Yeah. He spent hours on the phone with me. Now he's working, growing, companies yeah. doing, but he spent hours. Yeah. I cried for six months. And in that six months while I was crying, he started teaching me, oh, when you, when you, like, I didn't even see the future. See, people can plant seeds in you and you don't know that they're planting yeah. the seeds in oh, you. Oh, absolutely. He says, when you start a business, this is what it's going to be like. Oh, when you become a CEO, oh, this is how it is when you have employees. So he was showing me glimpses of his life, of his company and things that he was doing. It was just low key teaching me. And so he says, I can't, I'm not going to be able to stand you when you snap out of this, when you come back to who you used to be. And he would say that in a joking way, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so um, one day after six months, he says, okay, I've had enough. And I said, what? He said, from today going forward, you will no longer be able to sit on the phone with me and cry. You will no longer be able to sit in what you, you know, keep dwelling in what you're dealing with. Like we've dealt with it. We talked about it. Now it's time to shift your mind and move forward. And he meant that. So sometimes we need a person to be stern with us because if we don't, then we'll keep wallowing in it. We'll keep moving forward. We'll keep, it's like, um, you keep trying to get away with the things that you've gotten away with all these years until yeah. somebody says, I'm not going to accept that from you. And so in that moment, then I begin to shift my thought process. I begin to shift the things that the way of life that I've always done things. And then all of a sudden, one day, I just started smiling. I just became uncontrollably happy because I've dealt with all those issues over those six months. I dealt with all the things that was just killing me on the inside. I dealt with them. I, it was a lot of hard work, a lot yeah. of tears. And then so... I just, I just, the way you see me on camera, they can't <laughs> see me, but this is how I appear. Oh, no. And so he says to me, so now that you are who you always have been, what do you want to do with your life now? Yeah. I said, I want to be a motivational speaker. I want to be a transformational coach. I want to start a podcast. I want to write a book. And he says, okay, do it. And yep. I did. The yep. next week oh. I, I started the process on all four at the same time. Yeah, awesome, awesome. <laughs>
Well, what you're talking about, that, that, that brings me to a point that I wanted to ask you about. Um, one of the things that I've noticed, and, and this is speaking only for myself, I, I can't speak for anyone else, but only for myself. I've noticed that it, in my own um, you know, recovery and, and my own you know, journey, so to speak, um, I've noticed that there's a definitive difference in how pastors and ministers and, and rabbis, et cetera, have approached a lot of this versus the, you know, the counselors. And, and granted, I, you know, I've, I've been very grateful to have some very good counselors and therapists, but there, there's a definitive difference in how they've approached the, the topic. I mean, does, does that make sense? Yes. I mean, as far as, and, and why, do, do you know why, why that is? Because um, I, I sometimes wonder about that, because ideally, if you're talking about someone feeling happier, like you said, you know, you know whether happy for no reason or happy for any number of, of valid reasons, um, it seems like that's something that everyone, regardless of where they're approaching it from, would have the same goal and objective in mind. And yet there does seem to be a slight, and I, and I say a slight, not, not a significant difference, but there is a no, noticeable enough for me to, to make note of it. But do you know, know why that is that, you know, the, the ministers and, and pastors, that their approach tends to be more noticeably different than the, you know, traditional, you know, counselor, therapist, uh, well, because they're able to get a little more personable with you. They want to, they're coming from a place of love, right? They're coming from a place of God's love, you know, the, 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 from the scriptures and what we're taught through the Bible that you're, you're touching them with God's love. Whereas the counselors, they are come, they're helping you, but they're also taught that you can't get too close to your client. You can't mm -hmm. do personal things True. with your client. Yeah. Like you can't go to birthday parties and, yeah. you know, you can't deal with your client on a personal level. However, even though you're all in their personal business yeah. and yeah. personal space, <laughs> like yeah. you can't get with them in a personal level and you can't share things about yourself with the client because then sometimes clients will take that information and use it against you. Yeah, sure. Whereas a pastor, he's coming from a place of love. And sometimes he needs to share a personal experience of his in order for you to see that he's human too. Mm -hmm. And if he's yeah. able to go through it and overcome it, so can you. You just have to be willing to do the work. And so the pastors let, they know, let you know, I'm going to walk with you on this journey. Your counselors let you know they're going to walk with you on your journey only till your eight sessions is up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole EAP thing, you know, the employer employee assistance program, where it's eight sessions or even five sessions. I've had, I've had it be five sessions sometimes, and then oh, you know, five is up. Bye bye. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. that kind of thing. So, yeah. um, one thing I, I wanted to ask you about is, um, and for those who are who are watching the movie as you're listening, there there's a scene coming up about. Um, not quite a, a sibling rivalry, but but sort of a, a sibling rivalry with, with, with her uh, sister, who has been in and out of, of rehab. And I wanted to ask you, what 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 um, relation does you know relation with family have in all of this? You know, for for better or worse, what 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 role would you, would you say that that plays in, in well, someone's family? Recovery? Family should pay, play one of the biggest roles in your life. Mm 
your family should be your one of your biggest support systems. Now I do understand that we got there's some people out here that have families that they can't stand each other and that they don't talk to. But I want you to know that family does not always have to be your biological blood, right? True. So your 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 family is whomever you make your family, whomever becomes your family, and you're closer to them than your own biological family. But that is your family, whoever you put in that position or God places in that position to be, to, to play that role as your family, then that's your family. Yeah. And that person or those people should be the people that you can confide in. Those should be the people that, that, that love you or they can see things in you. If they don't hear from you, then they know things are going, something is going on because they haven't heard from you. And they're calling you like, hey, I haven't heard from you in a couple of days. What's going on? Yeah. And you can't lie to them because they 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 True. see through True. your lies. They see through the mask that you put on. Now you can put the mask yeah. on with yeah. everybody else. But that true, authentic family, they're gonna always be there, whether you're high, whether you're low, they're gonna come visit you in the hospital. Yeah. They're gonna they're just gonna love and support you. So just remember that family is important, and family does not have to be biological blood. True. True. It could be your best friend that turned into your family. It could be your husband's family that is now your family. Whatever, whomever that yeah, person yeah. is, be open to receive them as if they are your biological blood. Definitely true, true. And and that was another thing that I wanted to mention because the the movie sort of touches upon that to to a lesser extent. Her family relation. Um, I I also wanted to ask you. There is a recurring, I don't want to say a joke, that would be, be a mean thing to say, but kind of a, a recurring, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like there, there's a, a recurring plot point in the movie about a, uh, a, a rat that, um, you know, bites, bites her hand. And it, it kind of got me thinking like different, different um, little nuisances, as it were, um, that sort of someone affords more attention than than what they might be and i was wondering are there any like for me for example there might be um i i get overwhelmed often when there's a lot of uh, crowds and whatnot and often when i when i'm not able to get my, my thoughts all you know uh my, my ducks and all in a row so to speak such as with you know planning and preparing the, this podcast i think i had alluded before i hit record that i was not as uh that I was not able to, to plan it and prepare as, as much as I had hoped to. Uh, would there be what would be the, like the, the little bitty nuisances that sort of nagged you? Well, I don't have as much as I used to have before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, when I first, you know, like I said, launched all four, right? Huh? Yeah. So now I'm launching a business one step yeah. beyond you. Uh-huh. I am trying to get booked for speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I'm getting new clients, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, trying to do a podcast. And yeah. so podcasting for me is not like it is now. Like I, I didn't know what podcasting was back yeah. then. So my podcasting was recording these videos, dropping them on Facebook or YouTube. That was a podcast yeah. for yeah. me. I had no idea about these platforms that I have now. Um, in addition to trying to write a book, because they say, well, you got to have something to draw the people to you. So now I'm trying to write a book, do live videos, 
work a full time job, take care of kids, have you know, help my clients, yeah, and just do all and and so I was all over the place, Brian. Yeah, so that yeah. was a big nuance. Yeah, I couldn't. It was so bad that I couldn't even retain information. I would go to speak at an event. I couldn't even remember my speeches. Yeah. I, I And it was just, that was the biggest nuance. But what I learned is that number one was I began to delegate. Yeah. That was, so I had to get a team, hire mm-hmm. a team to have to yeah. do other things so yeah. that I didn't have to do it all. Number two was I had to hire the professionals to come in and show me a business system. So I didn't have a system. Remember, like I said, I yeah. had the podcast on YouTube and Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I actually, yeah. so now my system, if you go to my website, Erica Land Speaks, everything is set up on a system. Yeah. I had to learn that um, when clients want to come to me, I don't just pull out my cell phone. Let me book you this day. Mm-hmm. Oh, you go to my website yeah. and it'll put you through the system. Yeah. And so I learned that if a person goes through your system and they make it through your system, then this is a person that really wants to be a client opposed to somebody who meet you on the street <laughs> and you, and you say, Oh, let me do this. Uh, then they want, let me get a thousand dollar discount. Let me do this. Like, yeah. and he's like, Hey, this is not my, my company. So I had to learn a system. And so that was the, one of the biggest nuances of not having a system mm-hmm. and not even knowing how to set up a system yeah. and learning that it is okay to hire the professionals to help you set up the system. And that's the same with our healing and everything that we do. I, I know you just didn't do the podcast and like, oh, I know how to do the podcast. <laughs> you had to do your research in order Definitely. to understand Definitely. how to even start your podcast, how to even create or develop a process of what you now call your own system. Definitely. And, and, and I'm so glad that you're, um, that you're here today. Uh, specifically this episode, because this movie, like I said, it, it, it has a lot of very significant themes and, and subject matter. And um, so I, I'm glad that you're here today to to address some of those those topics and, and those themes. Um, I, I wanted to also ask you, and you've probably heard this question, and you know, I know I've heard it many times, but the the the, the objection about, oh, you don't understand what it's like. You, you've heard that, right? When people have yeah. told you that, you know, the ones who are and, and, and granted, you know, and, and, and I'm not belittling anyone who or, or trivializing in any way those who, you know, it takes every fiber of the being to, to get out of bed. Um, you know, I've been there. Yeah. I'm sure you, you may have been there as well. Um, but what would you say to those who are at, at that, you know, raising the, their hand in objection? Oh, you don't understand. What would you say to, to that? Tell me what it's like. What is yeah. it like? Because if I don't know what it's like or I don't understand, then I need for you to explain to me what is it like so I can see life through your eyes. Yeah. You know, I don't want to impose my views or trans or, or transform you into my views in, until I understand truly, totally everything about you. So explain to me what is it like. And together we can debacle the, the things that's, that's holding you back. So that is what I would say. Explain to me what it's like. Now you do have those that can't even explain. Yeah. They know how they feel. They know what they think. They know what their experiences are, but they have a hard time putting it into words. Right. True. So those are people that you give stories or examples to Mm -hmm. so that they can 
relate to that story or relate to that example in order to have them say, I can't say it, but this is kind of like what I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah. And so then you find that one story that they chose. Yeah. And then you guys can break down that story to figure out how you Mm. can identify what they're saying in that story to what they're experiencing and what they're going through. And and this podcast is not video, so the people listening at home probably won't see me smiling. <laughs> but but what 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 you're what you're describing is the very reason that I sort of set up the podcast in this format, because a lot of movies will have that that story that gives gives voice to people who are not able to. So I'm I'm so happy to hear you say that <laughs> because it is uh, uh, precisely why this this podcast is in, in this format. So, so thank you for, 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 um, for, for, for that. <laughs> um, now, um, as, as we, as we wind down um, today, I did want to mention some uh, resources for you. Right? Cause I know many people listening are going through a hard time and, and, and are reaching out for help. And so I, I did want to mention some uh, resources for you. There is mental health America, mhanational.org. There's also NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, now, how would people get, because you've got resources as well. Yes. Um, how would people um, get in contact with you to? Well, they can go to my website, ericalynnspeaks.com. Mm-hmm. That's E-R-I-C-A-L-Y-N-N-S-P-E-A-K-S.com. And on the website, there's a couple of options for you. So I do one-on-one coaching, right? I work directly, just me and you, 12 sessions video. I help you help yourself. We break down through the barriers, like we get down and dirty, right? But then I have a group coaching program coming out where you will be in this program with other like-minded individuals. It's a virtual program, online program. And and I do weekly, bi-weekly live Q&As there's a section in there where I give you a lot of things to think about and you can ask yourself questions. And when we come to the bi-weekly Q&As, you can ask me whatever you want to ask me. And I'm going to, to answer you. If I don't know the answer, I'm going to find, do my best to find the answer. Hmm. Then I'm going to bring on other successful high individuals who are uh, highly achieved in their area of expertise that's going to also help you, you know, to achieve, to, to overcome. And then we're going to do, um, we're going to do, I'm going to give you worksheets. We're going to journal. There's just so many things that's going to take place in this monthly group coaching program that at the end of the program, you're going to say, wow, I'm playing big. I feel whole. I feel happy. I released a lot. And then I have a community in the members forum that I'm able to communicate with other like-minded individuals. So I don't have to just take what Erica Lynn is saying, like, wow, I'm actually talking to other people who have, who are experiencing or have experienced the same things that I've experienced. And then lastly, if you say, well, okay, Erica, I don't know if I need group coaching or one-on-one coaching. What do I need? Well, you just go to Erica Lynn um, speaks.com And there's a free consultation section and I'll do a 30 minute free consultation. We could talk. It's going to be live you and I on zoom. Mm -hmm. And this way I get to really truly understand what you're going through or where you at so that then I can guide you and direct you in what area you need to go in. If you need to go in the one-on-one or if you need to go in the group coaching program, because all about everything that we go through is being able to identify the resources that we need. Mm -hmm. And as a great coach, I truly understand that. 
and I began to give you resources. As we go through the program, I provide all the resources. If I know that you need a therapist or some medication, yeah. then I'm going to provide that, that resource for you, or at least how to get it. If you just say, I need, um, you know, if I just need a trainer, I need to work out. Like so yeah. sometimes yeah. exercising helps you like get that stress off and you're able to think clear. But this is all about going through the process and being willing to be transparent and be open with me. Because remember, if you're not transparent and you're not open with me and you're lying to me, mm -hmm. then you're not hurting me. You're hurting your process. And, and, you know, so you have to be willing to be open. And sometimes we don't want to share these things, but I come with a highly confidentiality clause. So yes. nobody would know your business unless <laughs> you told it. Okay. Yeah, true. So that is so, how you find me on Good deal. Good deal. Um, so thank you for thank you for being here today. I, I appreciate it. And, oh, you're welcome. And thank you, those at home or driving or at work or wherever you may be. So thank you for, for listening. Um, stay safe, everyone, and uh, talk with you next time. Uh, thank you very much.